The first reading is from the Book of Psalms. It is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your few Bibles on page 433. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, in keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Spare me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolence. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord my rock and my revealing. Word of God, word of love. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, selected verses, and chapter 22, selected verses. They're printed on the back of your bulletin. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Word of God, word of life. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So... When Lily was a little bit over a year old, I caught her one day in the midst of all her toys with a book in her hand, chewing on it, which isn't unusual for kids, little kids and babies. But upon closer inspection, I discovered that in fact, she was chewing on the Bible that I keep with my communion kit. And so the Bible in that kit has teeth marks all over the cover from Lily's chewing. I took a photo and captioned it that day, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I, I couldn't help but think about that picture as I was thinking about uh, this section of the series today, a church ingredients, sweetness, and other flavors too. 
Psalm 19 that we just heard describes the law of the Lord as sweeter than honey, which is kind of hard to wrap our minds around, right? Even just the word of God as sweet as honey can be can be hard to think about because God's word doesn't always sound sweet, right? It can also be sour or salty, bitter, maybe spicy, or maybe even bland. God's word can show us our sinfulness, tasting bitter. God's word can make us uncomfortable, leaving a sour taste in our mouth. God's word can leave us worked up, tasting a little bit spicy. And God's word can encourage us to want more of the living water of Christ, tasting salty. So what about God's law? What makes it sweet? We heard Jesus give those two greatest commandments. Love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, our whole being, every part of us, and love our neighbor as ourselves. When we put that together with the Psalms today, we see that this is the sweetness. This is what we are to desire most of all, to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And the Beatitudes, that first part of the Matthew reading we heard today, help us see what this looks like when we live it out. Jesus says, happy are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness because they will be fed until they are full, in the message version. So I had to look up, what does righteousness mean, really? And I came across a few definitions, uh, but the one that came up most often was, righteousness can be defined as behavior that conforms with covenant requirements, which sounds very serious. So what covenant do we belong to? Well, the covenant of baptism. We made promises on behalf of ourselves at our confirmations or when we ourselves were baptized, if we were baptized as uh, children or adults or somewhere in between, we spoke these promises over our own children when they were baptized to live among God's faithful people to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. This is what unites us as the body of Christ. This is the covenant that we have said, yes, I will follow this in partnership with God and with my fellow believers. We will do this work together. So righteousness for us means being oriented toward God's loving kindness and living out these promises of baptism and confirmation together. And this involves our human relationships. We can't do this, we can't live this out all on our own. Our series this session is titled Church Ingredients, but this isn't a recipe that results in a building or something like a cake, a finished product that we consume. Instead, it creates a community. So Jesus gives us this law, this law that is sweet as honey to build upon. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, your whole self, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? All of those promises of our 
baptismal covenant are wrapped up in those two commands. But now we need to look at love. Because often our definition of love is suspiciously easy on us and easy for us. We think about that warm, fuzzy feeling, someone that we care very deeply for, our friends, our family. But this love that we're called to is that and more. In Jesus, we see in these stories that to love God with your whole self is demanding and risky. Following the path of love leads Jesus to jump into debates and conflicts with everything that he has. Love leads Jesus into all kinds of situations that are not only uncomfortable but also dangerous. Eventually, love gets Jesus killed. Of course, none of us are Jesus. For us, Doing this work demands our humility, but there is also much to learn by following this Jesus and the love of Jesus in action. The same love that inspired Jesus to eat with the outcast, reach out to the untouchable, and embrace the powerless also drove Jesus to confront the demonic, outmaneuver the manipulative, and correct the clueless. Jesus was no pushover, and the story of his ultimate decision to relinquish his power for the sake of God's mysterious will is all the more fascinating against the backdrop of these accounts of his success in the face of his enemies, of his prowess in the face of his enemies. Jesus is a lot more complicated than we sometimes pretend, and the love that Jesus teaches demands that we expand our whole selves for God and the neighbor, striving for excellence in all that we think, say, and do, because we are living in the covenant. We are striving for justice and peace. We are proclaiming Christ in word and deed. That might not taste so good this morning. But God tells us that that is the sweet spot of our life together. Biblical love is something that we do. That is why it is sweet. That is why this is a good command for us to follow. It is loving kindness, merciful action that is generous and continuous. This is good news for Christian people and all people. To love the neighbor as oneself is to act toward someone else the way that you would act toward somebody close to you. We treat the stranger as well as we treat those that we love emotionally. This is counter to what we expect. This is counter to what we hear in the culture around us on whatever our favorite news channel is. They encourage us to be separate, to be hateful, to think about the one we don't agree with as bad and wrong. But our job is to love, to love in the way that Jesus shows us. This means that in the same way that we show love to the people we like, the people we care deeply for, the people that live in our homes and in our families, we show that same love to those we do not know, those who may be dirty or repugnant and those who harm us. We can act according to the law of love following Jesus' example. We can be merciful and gracious 
To love the neighbor as ourselves is to make a conscious choice and to act on it. And so this, then, is not only how we love our neighbor, but also how we love God. With our heart, through generosity to God's people. With our soul, by worshiping God and praying for our neighbors and ourselves. With our minds, by studying God's word, digesting it, if you will, letting it correct us, enlighten us, and send us out into loving action to the world. When we love God's people, we are always at the same time loving God. They are inseparable. And surprisingly, our emotions will follow suit, and we actually feel a love of the other and the love of God. But it's not the emotion that is commanded, only the action of love that is commanded. But as we practice this action, we may just find ourselves deep in that emotion of love for one another. In Christ, we can live out this love, even when we don't feel like it. Being and living in that sweet spot of what God has asked us to do. And as we do that, we discover that sweetness of life following the law of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.